0: This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com.
1: Hi my droogies, this is Shane oh
0: and this is not...
1: <laughs> I can't call I can't call anyone droogies.
0: This is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen.
1: And today we're discussing Wait You've Never Seen: A Clockwork Orange.
0: This movie.
1: I'm not surprised. So
0: confusing.
1: I'm not surprised. You've it's never. So seen.
0: bizarre. <laughs>
1: it's pretty bizarre.
0: Okay, first um, up front, there's some trigger warnings. Um, there, there's a blackface statue in one of. The, I think it was. When they were on the stage in like that abandoned theater or wherever. Yeah,
1: there was like that weird rape scene.
0: Also, thank you. There's sexual assault and rape. Yeah. Um, and there's a uh, some torture. Even though he's a pretty terrible guy, I mean torture is still terrible. Yes. So. That's all.
1: That's all. I really expected there to be more. I mean, there honestly. was a
0: lot of sexual assault and there was a lot of torture. So there was a, it was all about quantity.
1: There's also violence. There's also a bit of the ultra violence.
0: Oh right, the milk bar.
1: Um when Alex, you know, kills a woman with an enormous penis sculpture.
0: Yes. I forgot about that. He didn't sexually assault her. He just killed her. Gruesome. He
1: only killed her. Yeah. Yeah, bludgeoning some... I think that's the way you die when you get hit with an enormous sculpture, regardless of its shape. So, what three things did you expect from this movie?
0: Well, as we talked about in our Singing in the Rain episode, <laughs> um, which was in this past January, I can't remember exactly what episode, like 20 or 21 maybe, um, yes. that there would be Singing in the Rain during a rape scene in this movie, so I was I was bracing myself for that to happen.
1: Did we talk? Did I tell you about that, or did you already know that that was a thing?
0: You had you had mentioned it by way of like warning me when we watch this. By the this way, is going to happen, and also because that's why I I said we should watch Singing in the Rain first, so like I didn't picture that while we were watching the musical, which would be a little disturbing.
1: Yeah. It was yeah. hard for me to watch that movie and not think about <laughs> clock recordings, but go ahead.
0: Um, I also expected probably one of the most famous scenes, if not the most famous scenes, which is the, the eyes held open with the little pinchy Lid- claws things. Lidlocks,
1: I think they called them. Lidlocks.
0: The, the Ludovico method or whatever they called it.
1: Right, yeah. yeah.
0: And, I mean...
1: And he was wearing a... He was also wearing a... A straight jacket. A straight
0: jacket. That way I guess he couldn't, like, try to He couldn't
1: cover his eyes or... Yeah.
0: Right. And then the third thing I expected was um, cis white dudes running around terrorizing people. Yeah,
1: that was, like, the first half of the movie. Check. (laughs) Got got, We got all of these.
0: So, I did not expect to like it at all. I gave it one star.
1: Ooh. Okay. Okay um i want to know what you're what you feel about the movie now but first give me your one sentence imdb summary
0: a group of terrible men terrorize people clocks and oranges
1: are are you are you effing with me
0: no that's really what i wrote look right here
1: how would they terrorize oranges
0: I mean, did you You see the kinds of things they did in this movie? They could have found a way.
1: (laughs) So, IMDb encapsulates this movie by saying, In the future, a sadistic gang leader is imprisoned and volunteers for a conduct aversion experiment, but it doesn't go as planned.
0: See, I feel like that's just the... Maybe the last quarter of the movie. Like, most yeah. of the movie is them running around terrorizing people.
1: I think it works out to be just about half and half. Like, he gets arrested about, uh, right about the halfway mark.
0: Okay, it felt a lot more like, like they... It felt like there was a lot more on the violent... Well, not that torture isn't violence.
1: Right. But
0: him inflicting violence on his community seemed like... I realize it's probably just in my mind, but it seemed like there was more.
1: Well, I mean, when you see horrible things happening, it probably feels like it's going on longer than it actually is.
0: <sighs> like that movie, The Room.
1: <laughs> was that the, hor- the horrible thing? Was just watching the movie? Yes. <laughs> the
0: lowest rating ever. Um, wow. So, my opinion hasn't really changed.
1: Mm, you still.
0: The movie, it was really... It was really twisted and confusing, which I expected. Um, It wasn't any more violent than a Game of Thrones episode, which we've been watching. Um, That's
1: true. And in some ways, it's not quite as bloody and...
0: Right. So I just kept it at one star. Because really, like, I, I understand that they're using futuristic slang. But it really made it hard for me to follow some of what was going on. Like, yeah. you told me this means this and that means that, and this is what their gang is called. And if I was just watching this by myself, which, A, I would never do because this movie is all messed up. Yeah. But um, I totally forgot what I was saying now.
1: You're talking about the futuristic um, Right. slang.
0: So... If you hadn't been there...
1: Like Viddy the ultraviolence.
0: Yeah, if you hadn't been there explaining to me part of what he was talking about, this would have been like me transporting back to 1603 trying to understand what William Shakespeare was talking about. Which
1: is super annoying. Yes. If if you have no reference... Or if you don't understand something... I didn't really say, like, oh, here's what all these words mean. It forces you to sort of go... Oh, Vidi, you must be talking about, like, audio, visual, like...
0: Video or something. Video,
1: we're talking about seeing something. Sometimes you can get things in the... So uh, I was almost just saying, like, hey, you kind of need to, like, look at the context to kind of understand what they're saying exactly.
0: I'm not always so good at that. (laughs) So, did I say, I'm keeping it at one star. Um, I thought the violence, before we watched it, I thought the violence would make it go down farther to where we would be like a point zero one, Right. But (laughs) I was surprised that there was not more violence than a Game of Thrones episode, so I didn't feel it was fair to knock it down for something that I watch every Sunday. Like, nothing worse than what I watch every week. Well, I'm
1: not really defending the violence in the movie, but, like, they... There is a point. There is a point, I think, this movie tries to make, and the book, I think, to a degree, also tried to make this point that... Um, I think, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later, but I think you... In order to make the the point... Okay, I guess I'll say it now. In order to... Um, the point is involved in the actual evocation of the title which we don't we don't actually get
0: yeah yeah
1: closest to the evoking the title is when that priest and who who would who would ever guess that the priest would be kind of the hero
2: (laughs) in this movie
1: like this movie is so twisted that the priest is doing a good job sorry for the faithful (laughs) who might be listening um The priest, and I'm paraphrasing here, says, goodness must be chosen or a man stops being a man. So if you take the title, um, if you took something organic and forced to do something that goes against its own nature, it'd be like having an orange with gears and springs or a clockwork orange. Mm. The orange doesn't work that way. So in order to say, like, yeah, like, this... Alex is a bad man. We have to establish that this is a horrible human being, right? Who takes, who not only does terrible things, but takes pleasure in torturing people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, to one degree, sometimes there's just horrible violence in Game of Thrones because it's a it's a horrible, brutal world, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Because if you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die.
0: You know what? She's buried <laughs> under the entire Red Keep right now. So, spoiler alert. I don't think. Well, this is gonna come out <laughs> long after.
1: You're speaking of Cersei, the yes. horrible, horrible person.
0: We should note that as we're recording this, um, the final episode is airing tonight. So actually, by the time this comes out, we'll have watched the whole the whole season,
1: um, the whole um, series, it's true. if you will. So, it's violence, and it's horribleness, and it's sexual assault, but there's a, there's a message in it. And I don't think there's really a message in something like Game of Thrones. I guess that's my point.
0: Yes, I have, I didn't know if we wanted to talk about this later, but I have comments on the overall message of the movie as well.
1: I didn't mean to talk about that now. We can get to that later if you'd like.
0: Okay. Because first I want to talk about the Corova milk bar
1: <laughs>
0: like so when i was on cosmic potato the super fan talk super fan talk podcast i can never say that whole thing um we were talking about movies that like blew your mind or were just total mind <laughs> um and i chose this movie because we had just watched it
2: mm, and it's uh-huh. like
0: they go into the milk bar and like they're just female mannequins as, like, chairs and tables and the actual milk dispensers. The milk comes out of their nipples, and I'm just like... <laughs> and they're
1: anatomically, I, very anatomically correct yes, female forms.
0: I was wondering if some of them were just women painted white, <laughs> like a gymnast or something just holding that form. I believe
1: they are not. They were... T-
0: um, so the milk makes them more prone to violence or it like gives them some something that's in the milk makes them more prone to violence is that right
1: well what i understand about it is that there's um alcohol consumption isn't socially acceptable in this dystopian you know near future Mm -hmm. so when they meet the drunk old guy in the in the In that, like... Oh, right. It makes it even more... They're even more apt to, like, okay, let's mess with this guy. He's a drunk. Because, like, it's not acceptable to drink at all. So there's there's not even social drinking in this area. So, like, yeah. If it was done today, if it was, like, set in today, then they probably would have a couple of beers before they went out and did terrible things. So I don't think the milk actually makes them terrible. It's just the only thing they had that would that would you know uh be a substitute for alcohol
0: oh i thought it said it readies you for ultra violence and i thought it meant like literally not not like as a psychop, like let's take a few shots and then we're gonna go out and kill i thought it there was some sort of component of the milk like testosterone or steroids or something that made them like yeah, that might want to be... go out and kill not... people
1: I never read the book, so that might, it might be, it might be better illustrated in the book exactly what, exactly what's in the milk, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why it readies you for the ultraviolence.
0: Okay, so I have a few questions about Alex and the Droogies. First of all, let's get the Star Trek connection out of the way here, that Malcolm McDowell, who played Alex, um, played Dr. Soren. In Star Trek Generations,
1: that's that's amazing. I saw Generations in the theater when it came out, like, and I had already seen Clockwork Orange probably within the same couple of years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was kind of amazing. Yeah,
0: you can't. I only recognize them both by um, by their voice. I couldn't even tell. They don't look alike at all, which (laughs) leads me to my second question: What was with the fake eyelashes on one eye?
1: I mean. I think Kubrick and the costume designer wanted, like, here's a... The, they wanted a distinct look, so you knew that you weren't... Instantly you knew that it was the future without them even telling you that it was the future. Like, he, here's here's a world that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just a fashion. I don't know if you noticed, but on their white... Um, And their white collars, there were bloody eyeballs where a cufflink would be.
0: Oh, I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, bloody eyeballs on the cufflinks.
0: I found it very interesting, um, A, that each gang had their own sort of uniform. They all wore the same thing within their group. But also that Alex's gang all wore white... And white is usually the signifier of here's the good guys, the cowboy in the white hat, and
1: right, white horse,
0: right, all that. So, but they had black hats on, which was very interesting. I thought I'm talking with my hands a lot, not that they can see it, but if it helps, do what you need,
1: do what you need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is interesting. They all they also had, well, they're all wearing hats. They all were wearing distinctly different hats.
0: I don't know that I noticed that.
1: Alex was a... Had a bowler uh-huh. that Pete, who is the one, like, trying to gain, you know, wrestle control mm-hmm. from Alex. I think he had a top hat on. Hmm. And then Dim had a different kind of hat. Like a... I don't know. Anyway.
0: Um, there was also a lot of good good music, but oddly placed music in, in this movie. Um we talked about singing in the rain um and also alex's seeming obsession with ludwig van beethoven who he calls ludwig van like they're BFFs. which is
1: ridiculous because you (laughs) van van's not like a middle name
0: he wouldn't say like eric v for eric the red
1: (laughs) right exactly Since we're talking about music, may I interject here? Yes. That the synthesizer music was composed by, on the MOOC synthesizer, by Wendy Carlos, who is a trans woman, by the way. Hmm. Coming out and being trans in the 1970s, like, especially if you're involved in music and the movie industry, I think Wendy's a hero. That's... um, that's, It's
0: very difficult. It's very difficult now. I can only imagine how difficult it was then
1: so she composed all the synthesizer music that we hear including the clockwork orange march several arrangements of beethoven's ninth and the william tell overture a great mooc synthesizer oh, yeah,
0: the, i'm sorry the william tell overture was when he was having that threesome and they were going <laughs> really fast which
1: i think was pretty appropriate
0: <laughs> it was it was
1: pretty appropriate yeah it was all sped up it was yeah. like i think they filmed for about a half an hour and they cut it down into however long that version of... It's like under two minutes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was very appropriate. So a great classical music album done with the Moog synthesizer. Uh, you should check out Switched on Bach, which is also by Wendy Carlos.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bach's music was pretty... Te- There's lots of technical things going on, like Brandenburg uh, Concerto,
2: I mm-hmm.
1: think. The well... The well-tuned piano. That's the translation. The well-tuned, um, whatever. Anyway, it's all Bach music, and it's all done with the Moog synthesizer, and it's amazing and beautiful. So there might have been some good things in this movie. we am just <laughs> trying. I'm trying.
0: No, I did, I did appreciate the music. Um, I thought it was very interesting that... Um, when Alex was having the uh, the Ludovico um,
2: treatment, treatment
0: that um, it also made him adverse to the Beethoven music, which to him was a greater loss than you know becoming a person who didn't have these urges to go out and rape and kill people. Yeah, which says something about him, I think.
1: R- yeah, it's almost it's almost more disturbing, right? Yes. So, wait, I'm sorry, since you just mentioned that, let me say this, those lid locks that were used on Alex, mm-hmm. it's an actual medical device that they use um, when they're operating on your eyes, but the, the subject is always completely knocked out at the time. Uh-huh. So, it's, that's a real device that's used in medicine, but it's not ever used with a, with a person who's awake who can move their eyes around. So Malcolm McDot—it was it's Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, yeah. He actually injured his eyes when he's moving his eyes around to like besiege, not besiege to to ask the doctor like, please, like I can't, like I I don't want I don't want to hate Beethoven. I love Beethoven. Yeah, lovely, lovely Beethoven.
0: Ludwig van.
1: Ludwig van. So when he's moving his eyes around, he's actually scratching. Sorry, she's cringing. He's actually hurting his eyes.
0: That sucks. I don't
1: believe he had any permanent damage, but... Yeah, that's just... Another ridiculous aspect of the way that Stanley Kubrick made films. He'd find a solution, and it kind of didn't matter if it was super weird and dangerous. <laughs> so I always like to point out when... I like to point out, like, when there's real damage to someone happening in a on a film, because... I always just assume, oh, they must have done this in the safest way possible. But that's... Mm -hmm. No. Nope. Not a thing.
0: So, to me, the weird lesson of this movie is that it seems to be you have these groups of delinquents, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They go around. um, This isn't like, you know, Grand Theft Auto or Joyriding or anything. They're actively harming people. Right, and they're going out of their
1: way to injure.
0: Right, and when they're caught, the government wants to cure them, to rid the to rid them of this criminal element. Right, but when like the whoever's come in and they're like, "This is inhumane treatment, and you can't do this anymore," right, they reverse the process by like. Because they treated him using violence, they negate the treatment and it causes him to go back to being violent. Well, it doesn't cause him, it just, he reverts back to having those those same urges, which is you basically end up with the same guy that you had at the beginning of the freaking movie. Yeah. So, it's just, I thought it was like a statement on the effectiveness or lack thereof of like law enforcement and the mental institution complex, like, all of this money to, to test these weird treatments on people um, who don't have any, like, I guess it's just like, um, even if it means going back to the terrible th- way things were, it's, it's like a, do you take the high road or the low road, and what does that mean for the people you're trying to treat? Um, especially if you don't really care. Like, this guy had signed away saying, yeah, I'll do whatever if it means I get out in, what was it? uh, Two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. And... Instead
1: of, like, years and years. I think he was...
0: Seven years or something like that?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was eight, but yeah.
0: Um, so he's signed all of his rights away, so they can do pretty much anything they want to him. Yes. Um... And what that means for, like, does the audience then see him as a person who's being violated or is it a, um, oh, yeah, he's getting what he deserves because of the way he treated those people. And so when he goes back to being the person he was, do we still feel like, oh, this this is a real person who was treated bad? Like, do we still feel empathy for him if he did in the first place or has he been the same terrible person the entire time? You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it's, confu- it's confusing and circuitous.
0: Which is probably part of that movie experience. It's, right. It's like, not supposed to give you an answer.
1: Like, I don't feel bad when Alex gets caught. I don't feel bad when he gets, um, when he's definitely going to go to prison.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when they're like, oh yeah, we might figure out a way to let you out of here. I did start, I did feel bad for him, especially when the, when the, when his two former drugies, who are now police officers, like, dr- like, try to drown him.
0: Uh-huh.
1: By the way, I think that shot was done in two ways. For about, I I, I set, I had my, um, I had a uh, stopwatch on my, on my phone. hmm And I was ready for that scene. It was almost exactly a minute. Then wow. he was underwater. Which is a really long time to hold your breath two things they did though for that shot they they cut and the cut was pretty seamless mm-hmm. so he was able to get up and get water um, but i'm almost certain that they had a tank they had a small tank so he was able to breathe under even when held down under water mm-hmm. which is just that i don't i don't like i don't like drowning as a torture just r- really bothers me.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: So I did feel bad for him when he was doing that and then like at the end when it was like, Oh, okay, the uh the doctors involved in the in doing this treatment when they're like, Oh, okay, like you work with us and everything's gonna be fine and blah 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 and he's and like he's kind of back where he started from and he doesn't have any remorse for being a terrible person. Right. I'm like I yeah, it is, it is a little...
0: Yeah, like one of the ending scenes when they're like trying to see if he if the treatment has been reversed is him like triumphantly fantasizing about like...
1: Being violent. Being and... violent
0: and having sex with women or raping them. We don't know the situation, but it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Right, yeah. All of that should disgust him. Right. But it didn't. Because they are able to somehow... Over... That, that's not really... Like... Is that really clear to me? Like, was it drugs that were keeping him under, you know, under control? And they, he needed to keep taking the drugs in order to have that reaction? I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like maybe both.
0: Do you want to go on to the the Bechtel test? Oh, no, we should probably mention the, um, the guy that he goes and stays at... That Alex goes and stays at his house. Yeah. Um... Because first he come, Alex comes with his gang, and they like knock, 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 let us in. There was an accident, Um, and they like bust into the house and rape and kill the wife. Right? No, they don't kill. She dies later of injuries, and and the husband is like fully disabled in a wheelchair. Yes. Um. So after Alex's former droogies, now cops beat him within an inch of his life he goes back to that house not knowing it's the same house right
1: he knew that there was something familiar about it because it had the word home and glowing lights outside right which is kind of cute it's kind of cute that that your home has the word home
0: Uh uh-huh
1: i don't know um right so the his wife is no longer with him and it's replaced with a security guard, you know, super buff dude, mm-hmm. and instead of the that weird like egg, egg chair, uh-huh. <laughs> that egg, <laughs> fainting couch, for lack of a better word, it's replaced with uh, like weights, right? Isn't he like yeah, lifting he was weights? lifting weights. Would you like to guess who that is? Um...
0: He was in.
1: He was. He was. In very famous movies in the 1970s and 80s, but you never see his face.
0: But you never see his face. It's um, movies that we
1: have and love.
0: Movies that we have and love. Oh, is it the guy that played uh, Darth Vader?
1: Yes. That is David Proust. Really? Yep.
0: Hmm.
1: His name is Julian. And the uh, Julian is the,
0: the character character he
1: plays. But, yeah, so so he does a lot of, like, folding his hands. Uh Uh-huh. You know, folding his arms and, like, throwing his chest out. And I'm like, oh, that's that's, a Darth (laughs) Vader thing you're doing.
0: (laughs) What year did this come out? Was this before or after? 71. 71. Okay, so way before.
1: Well, a couple years. I mean, five, six years before shooting. Something like that. Yes. So let me real briefly. I have a few other things. Okay. Um... So wide-angle lens was used a lot in this movie. It's a very Kubrickian way to to shoot a movie when you can see all three walls and most of the ceiling and floor at the same time. It has a, especially when the camera moves, it has a really disorienting feel. It kind of adds to like the like the weirdness of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I'm a little I'm a little embarrassed about this. This might actually. Um, so you know the you know the the whistle that Alex uses to like get his droogies' attention. Yes. It's it's like um. It's like a long sustained. <whistles> so our dog Pippet just raised her head. I do that. I do that whistle. I do that whistle to get Pivot's attention. And then it's from this movie. Um, one more thing. Okay. Well actually this is like a pop culture thing, so we'll we'll talk about that for pop culture references.
0: Okay. Um So moving on. Moving on to the Bechtel test. There were more than two named female characters, but none of them speak to each other, so of course not about the man. So,
1: Alex's mother?
0: Alex's mother. Um, she doesn't talk. To, she doesn't talk to any women, does she?
1: No, but I'm just wondering if she counts as a named female. Character.
0: There were two women in the record store, but they weren't named in the movie. I don't think the girls he goes home all. and and have sex, with. they talked about music briefly. But they were talking to Alex. Um, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is a great one here.
1: Oh right, right.
0: Um, and then there, of course, was the, uh, the woman in the home house, the ones that they, Oh, the home house.
1: Yeah. And the one that Alex kills. She,
0: Oh, with the, with the giant penis sculpture.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what she's defending herself with? What? A bust of Beethoven.
0: Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there are a few named female characters, but none of them speak to each other. So, fail. Not surprised. Um, so has your opinion changed at all since you watched it?
1: You know, it's, it's more confusing. I think I, when I was young, I mean, I watched this movie when I was like a teenager first. So I think I was more readily able to defend it in a way that I thought was, uh, like, oh yeah, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Like I can still do that, but it's it's way more it's way more confusing. And like, did they really make a point that was? I think there's a point of view, but like, I think it's a little. It got muddier, I guess.
0: I see. Yeah. With time. I can see that. So, do you want to talk a little bit about disability portrayal? Yes. So we talked about the man who. Um, who was apparently injured to the point that he needs a wheelchair? The writer that had uh, David Prowse lifting weights in his house, mm-hmm. and it really struck me because I noticed the like the style of the house had a lot of stairs in it.
1: Yeah, it was like ultra modern, maybe I think that's the style.
0: Yeah, and um. The guy, he was on the lowest level of those stairs because, like, the front door is higher up, and you come down the stairs to right. come into like the living area. And I just wondered how he got how he got around in his house. Um, but then didn't didn't Julian pick him up um, either with or without the chair? I can't remember with
1: the chair. So yeah, that's why you hire. Uh... Big weightlifter, right? If you want to remain, if you want your house to remain, you know, remain as it was.
0: And then there's, um, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about it, or I kind of blathered on about it, like the treatment of, well, first of all, whether Alex and his gang actually have mental illness or if they're just, um, you know uh basically terrorists who run around accepting no responsibility for their actions because i don't think every person who commits like these foul crimes is necessarily menti- mentally ill they could just be an <coughs> asshole
1: i have a question isn't isn't there for a true like sociopath isn't there really not a treatment for someone who's a true sociopath?
0: That's a good question. I don't know.
1: Because I thought there was some literature on... This was sort of brought up... And... The, take this with a grain of salt, obviously, because this is this is coming from the show The Sopranos. Because The Sopranos is all about... Um, the point of view is really all around Tony Soprano going to see a psychiatrist... Mm-hmm. or a psychologist I'm not sure what she is I think she oh she can prescribe medicine
0: psychiatrist
1: psychiatrist so she has to deal with as a doctor she has to deal with the fact that if he is a sociopath is there really a way to treat him or is is she just helping him along letting him be a horrible person and sort of and sort of um, uh, serving as a way to in a way justify what he's doing and saying and saying oh yeah I'm, I'm getting help and blah 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 like is she doing harm by allowing him to continue uh getting treatment you know this is a question that's brought up in that
0: yeah yeah i can see like if a person shows no no remorse for what they've done or no inclination to change or anything like that there could be a, a... Yeah, I could see how there would be questions.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, pop culture references. Um. Singing in the Rain, obviously. Did you mention
1: how Stanley Kubrick got to use the song Singing in the Rain? Or did I mention that in the Singing in the Rain episode? I
0: think so. Why don't you... you can give us a brief rundown again. In yep. Ca- in case people didn't listen to that episode, which they should go back and listen to.
1: On the Cosmic Potato podcast. Co- Oh, I almost said it all together. The Cosmic Potato Podcast Network.
0: Do, do, do.
2: So.
1: <laughs> so, Jenny, do you hate going to the post office? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it seemed like that if we had commercials, that would be the <laughs> where we'd add them in. Yes. Anyway, so Stanley Kubrick read the book Clockwork Orange and had this ridiculous idea of putting singing in the rain in there I'm not sure I don't believe that song is mentioned in the book again I haven't read the book so he had this idea of using that song in the in the rape scene so he went and surreptitiously got the rights to use the song to, to just completely buy the song I'm I'm not sure who the holder was of the of the song, but he didn't tell them anything about what he was planning on doing with it, and he knew he would never get the right to, if he had to explain to them. So he spent the money to just buy it outright.
0: That just which is bad. I mean, I understand wanting what you want for your art, but that song was someone else's art, and they have the right to choose how their art is used as well.
1: I think, I think it had to do well, I'm not sure the person was alive still. I think it was dealing with the estate and not the person. So that becomes a little... Yeah. Like Prince's family gets to decide to put all of his songs in commercials now, which was probably not really his. Like after someone dies, it becomes more of a... You know, it gets murky, I think.
0: That's true.
1: But yeah, I'm not defending... I'm not defending the use of this song. Although... I gotta say that at least it makes a little more sense, the use of this song in or Orange, because it makes no sense the way they used "Singing in the Rain in the movie "Singing in the Rain. He was
0: literally singing in the Rain. What more do you want?
1: <laughs> but it was a movie about making, it was a musical about making a musical. Yes. And "Singing in the Rain was really not part of that musical. It he, could have been uh, They did not do that
0: <laughs> Are we going to relitigate Singing in the rain
1: <laughs> no, that, no, no Because of Double Jeopardy We can't <laughs> We can't good conscience do that So we can move on
0: So Another pop culture reference So um, As you know I like to watch Archer
1: <laughs> All roads lead back to Archer and When it comes to disturbing <laughs> horrible things
0: there's an episode in the first season where Lynn Trexler is going to buy ISIS, and because Mallory's broke, Mallory mm. Archer is broke.
2: Yes.
0: Um, but Sterling Archer doesn't want Mallory to sell it to Lynn Trexler because Lynn Trexler just wants to sleep with his mom, so he sort of kidnaps Trexler and takes him into Krieger's lab which is never a good idea ps no and straps him to a table with the what did you call them lid locks with mm-hmm. the lid locks and plays images of like Mallory as the devil
2: and <laughs> Mallory's face in a nu-
0: in a mushroom cloud and like all of this stuff to make to make him to make Trexler just completely off Mallory <laughs> Archer <laughs> And after that, good. after that, like his brain is never the same, and he wants to just be best friends with a rabbit and eat lettuce. Oh
2: my gosh! <laughs> so
0: that was that was not that was not their greatest moment, I guess. Um, no. But that lidlock scene has been parodied or referenced a lot of times, just in general, like in a lot of in a lot of things.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: You said you had a couple of other things that might go under.
1: Oh yeah, I wasn't sure if you were done. So the doorbell of the home house. Uh huh. Do you know what the song is?
0: I know? recognized it, but I'm not recalling it offhand.
1: Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Yes, that's what it dun, was. Dun, 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 dun. But it's like the mind the uh, the major key version of it. It's yeah. Like, it's a little different. Yeah. It's like dun 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 dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. But it doesn't complete the phrase. That's dun, why dun, dun. I noticed it, because it goes dun 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 dun, but it only did the first part of it, and it kept irritating me. Ah, yeah, because it didn't you like
1: the chords. So, um, Alex's number when he becomes a prisoner
0: uh-huh.
1: is six double five three two one. Uh huh. Six double five three two one is the number designation given to the head bad guy in the book and movie Ready Player One.
0: I don't remember that.
1: So whenever a whenever an avatar in Ready Player One, whenever an avatar uh, scores points on the big scoreboard. Mm Mm-hmm their number their name appears. Right. But the the bad guys mm-hmm. um they're called the IOI.
0: Oh, right. I remember that now. Their
1: IOI number appears because they don't they're not given names.
0: Gotcha. So
1: all of their numbers, all of the IOI numbers are 665 something. Huh. And the main guy is 655321.
0: That's very interesting. I I did not notice that at all.
1: I I love Ready Player One and I have a I don't want to say that I love clockwork orange but I really admire Stanley Kubrick and um yeah so there you go Mhm
0: So how would the movie be different with today's technology? It's already kind of futuristic so I wasn't really sure the only thing I could think of was when they come knocking on the door, help, help, we need, <laughs> something happened, there's an accident, we need to use your phone. Mm-hmm. Use your cell phone. Don't come bothering me, just use your cell phone.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, they could have said, why, oh, it? we don't have a signal out here or whatever, but still, she would have had more options to, than answering the door.
1: Yeah, and why, the, the cat lady, the cat lady that Alex kills? Uh why doesn't she have a reporting uh, security alarm? Right. (laughs) The cops could have gotten there even sooner. True. And maybe she wouldn't have to die. But then we have a different movie. Yes. Yeah, for... um, This come... I think this come... This movie Stanley Kubrick did after 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was a really really long process it took him a very long time to do and that was obviously a near future um near futuristic movie
0: spoilers we haven't watched it yet
1: sorry (laughs) it probably you might have gathered that it takes place in 2001
0: (laughs) you might have already
1: gathered that (laughs) from the title but Stanley was just about to go on to do, I think it was uh, Barry London, which is also like a grueling, ridiculous, ridiculously long movie. Don't worry, we're not going to watch that one. It's so boring. It's a, a lot of Stanley's movies are boring. Anyway, he just wanted like a shorter thing to do in the middle mm. between these like two longer movies, at least that's sure, I'm this to still, It
0: was still, like, over two hours.
1: Oh, I mean short in the preparation. Like oh. Stanley was writing it for writing 2001 with Arthur C. Clarke for a year. Like, they talked about ideas of what this movie could be. Because he wanted to make the definitive space movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why am I talking about 2001?
0: We can um, talk about that in, yeah.
1: Oh, we will. And you'll get super bored again uh, for, by Stanley. Uh, so, the making of The making of Cockroach Orange didn't take, you know... was a fraction of the time that it usually takes Hmm. Stanley to make a movie. Because 2001 came out in 1996. Near the end of 90? Uh, 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 Sorry. Uh, 1968, I meant.
0: Oh, I was about to say. It came came out out in the 90s. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I forgot to say one thing about the... um about, help, we were in an accident. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: she could have still just said, oh, you can't use our phone, but I'll call the police for you or yeah. something. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, my whole point of bringing up that it that you didn't take too much time making this movie, there wasn't a lot of consideration of like, oh, what interesting futuristic technologies are we going to use? Because that was kind of a part of 2001. I see. So I think he was just like, let's just get this... Let's, Let's just get, get this it over with. <laughs> done. We'll, we'll throw in some super modern, futuristic-looking furniture and be done with it.
0: <laughs> Made out of women mannequins. Yeah. Do you have anything else?
1: Uh, would, you, would you want furniture that was shaped like anatomically correct women?
0: Would you want furniture like shaped like anatomically correct men? Sure. Okay. We'll look into it. Anyway. So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. You can find other great shows on there like Captain Game Show, Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Podcast. (sighs) Got it right. Yes, The Landing Party, a Star Trek after show, World War G trial by pilot, and a few others. As for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information.
1: Give us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Pollyanna.
0: Wow, that's a wild swing <laughs> from A Clockwork Orange to Pollyanna. See,
1: you're going to get gonna get whiplash.
0: <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening. Thank you. It's a of of